guys. Guys, welcome into the I don't know what episode of Cultural Uncensored, but it's a special episode of Cultural Uncensored. Uh, it is our mailbag episode. If you're confused as to why you hear me shouting at you immediately uh, into my microphone, probably too loud, and not Tyler's sweet, sultry voice, because we had a little bit of a emergency. Um, we, would, we were planning on recording early. Tyler's going out of town this next upcoming weekend, or next, I'm sorry, week. Uh, for vacation. So we plan on doing a mailbag episode where we we're going to answer all of your questions from Facebook and, and Twitter and all that good stuff that you would submit and actually talk some football. So the plan was uh, to have us go back and forth and answer those questions. But instead, since we had a little bit of an emergency, we have some special guests. <laughs> we have multiple special guests, none of them uh, world renowned or famous in any sort of way outside of the Facebook group. Um, we've got a couple of pod moderators that are going to be on here, uh, and we have my lovely fiance that's going to be on here as well. So if you hear that laughing in the background, that's our first guest uh, that we're going to have on here. And what we're going to do is we're going to have them ask the questions that you submitted and go over them and actually talk some football, like I said. So without further ado, um, the person that takes down all of your negative posts, any of your political posts and shit talking um one of my favorite people in the world has become one of my very very good friends jay woody how the hell are you man hey buddy how you doing if you can uh, introduce me as the man the myth the legend jay woody that, that's how i'd like to be introduced on this in the future i'll do that if you stop making all that extra fucking noise in the background we can do this <laughs> podcast professionally um so so jay is doing this on roughly seven <laughs> minutes notice and that's the kind of person say. jay is he's the best um but no so i will and we'll get into some more stuff with jay here uh shortly once we know that we can answer the first couple questions um, and then we'll get we'll get to know Jay as well. You guys already know Jay, okay? He's a go, he has a goatee. He's a very selfless person. He's raising like eighteen kids in this like just I mean, he fosters everyone, including myself. Um, he's a great dude. So we love you, Jay. All right, the first question. All right, man. Pick from the uh, the bunch. What do we got? All right, so I've got Andrew uh, D. Oh, man, how do you say his name? Diagiacomo. Diagiacomo. Man, that's pretty sexy, actually. I, I want to say um, real quick that I'm not looking at these questions that Jay is picking. I just knew that that was the last name. So humble brag to myself that I knew exactly who he was talking about. Big LSU fan. It's very nice. Yep. And that's, that's actually leads us directly into the question. He says, are you taking the over or the under on LSU eight and a half wins? And why are you betting your mortgage on the over? So that's, we went on, I went on uh, radio this week, or I did a podcast actually with one of my good friends, Chris Gordy, uh, who's actually in the group and does a phenomenal job with his own podcast, Locked On Podcast. And we were going over the over-unders that were released this week from, um, uh, I believe it's a, a, a website that doesn't sponsor this podcast, so I'm not going to tell you who it was. But we uh, were going over what the best bets would be. And, and one of them for me, and I think the lock of the entire year, maybe in the SEC, is LSU over eight and a half? Am I taking the over on eight and a half? Am I risking the mortgage? Like, as most of you know, we live in much too nice of a home uh, for me to have this mortgage in my name. So am I risking Allie's money? Absolutely. As I always say, I would bet so much of my fiance's money with that. Um, LSU over eight and a half wins. Yeah, I think I think it's possibly the lock of the year. You look at the depth chart. They have some. They have one of the most talented rosters in the country returning. Uh, they return a total of 16 stars, including nine on defense. There's literally nowhere to go but up right? Like there's nowhere to go, but up for that defense. They were fucking horrible last year. I, there's, I don't even know how else to say it. Like the past defense was somebody brought it the other day on Twitter. They were like, yeah, they were like the worst in the conference. Like, they weren't like the worst in the conference. They were the worst in the fucking country. They were, they were dead last 127th um, out of 127 
COVID participating teams. That's terrible. Um, but they return a ton of talent. You talk about the defense, you got Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley, one of the best, uh, you know, corner combos in the country. Um, that entire defensive line returning, uh, they get a big, big pickup, uh, with Mike Jones at, at linebacker. Um, and then you talk about that secondary mm-hmm. for real, like, yeah, right. Um, look at you. I don't, I, I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. I, I feel like it should be miles Brennan. I, I really do. I think we get a side-by-side between him and Bo Nix. And I know when you do a comparison between anyone and Bo Nix, it's going to look good for the other person, not named Bo Nix. That being said, 11 touchdowns in three games over a thousand yards passing. Um, the offense that they have set up, their their coach is going to go to the well and try to recreate 2019 as much as possible. Okay, like I always talk about, like going on a diet. I want to get t- like 2015 hot again. Okay, so I I try to recreate 2015 hot. I can't do it because the diet that I was on is oh, it would kill me. But that being said, Coach O, Coach O, trying to recreate 2019. You're not going to get Joe Burrow walking through that door, but you have a ton of talent. You have possibly the best receiver outside of Arkansas and Traylon Burks in the, in the conference, especially with George Pickens out talking about Kayvon Butte. Um, you've got five stars everywhere. You've got in the backfield, you've got a, just an absolutely loaded roster. Um, and, and I really think that like having Bo Pelini gone is a huge, huge increase uh, in, in not just, you know, stats and statistically, but like productivity and also probably happens to the team. You look at the schedule and how manageable it is. You open with like and the way I look at this too is if it's eight and a half wins, right? Let's look at the non-con first. Their non-conference schedule, ULM. I don't think they've knocked off an SEC team since 2007, and I know Jay knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it was a hor- <laughs> horrific November day for us. Um, Central Michigan, the Chippewas, that's a win. McNeese State, that's a win. At UCLA, sure, maybe Chip Kelly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, rallies the troops in front of 2,700 fans in the Rose Bowl, and they somehow beat LSU. I don't see it happening. And then you start talking about the rest of that schedule. At Mississippi State, that's a revenge game, shockingly enough. Uh, Auburn at home, I I believe that's a win. Um, At Kentucky, that's a winnable game. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult than people think. Florida, replacing a ton of talent at home. At Ole Miss and at Alabama, those are back-to-back with a week off in between. That's Those are tricky. But – if you're four and zero in the conference, I think you're beating Mississippi State. I think you're beating Auburn. I think you're beating Arkansas, right? So that's seven wins, right, Jay? I'm not great at math. That's seven wins. That is exactly they win, seven. They win one of the games between Kentucky and Florida. That's eight, and then you just have to beat Ole Miss, Bama, or Texas A&M. And I think they win one of those games. I think they get to nine wins easy. Um, I think this is going to be the most improved team in the country. So I, I, I have LSU being a 10 win team, it, barring injury or anything crazy like that. I think they're a 10 win team. Um, just, I think there's more stability. You look at what miles Brennan was doing last year too, with like a hernia or some shit, like Mickey Sheremy texted me that. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this, but uh, my source in Baton Rouge um, texted me this, like, like, like in October about how he's playing hurt. And I was like, I was wondering why they're, they're doing so poorly. Um, Miles Brennan is going to be a fantastic, fantastic uh, quarterback, I think, in this league. And then the biggest thing out of all of it, man, we haven't even mentioned it, they returned five out of five on the offensive line, including four seniors. In in a league that I hate cliches, what do I always say? Isis and cliches. I fucking hate them both. But in a league where you do win in the trenches, it's important to not only have returning starters and experience on the offensive line and defensive line, but we're talking offensive line here, but also – 
having those those seniors, I, I just I mean, hold on. You know what? Now I just realized that think if you have five offensive linemen and four defensive linemen, right? Like when you look at uh just an eleven on eleven and, and setting up the X's and O's, they return five offensive linemen. Four of them are seniors. They return four defensive linemen. Four of them are seniors. So if you look at the actual fucking trenches, right? Of those nine potential players, they return nine. They return all nine. And eight of them are seniors. I, I just I just talked myself into LSU possibly winning the national championship. I don't know. So that's <laughs> that's what I would say about LSU. I, I think it's a clear cut over. They're going to be fan, like really good this year and, and much improved. What's the next question, Jay? How many F words did I drop? I don't think you realize that uh, how much how much freer you are now on college football. <laughs> since it's my, I'm so happy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, man. Cameron Camp, actually, Emory Picker, Camry Camp. There's a couple of people had a similar question, but I'm I'm gonna pull up Cam's. Yeah, pull Says up Cam's because Emory's was not similar. Emory, Emory's was even more arrogant than the Cam question. <laughs> Dude, that's so hard. Emory is nothing but nice to you. I love Emory. Emory knows I love him. I, that, I don't even start with me. I'm just saying. Okay. Get to the question because I saw it. I already know what you're talking about. Cam Cam says, who finishes second to Georgia in the East? Is it Florida or does a team like Kentucky or Missouri take the not, take the not quite top spot? Okay, so the reason I'm giving Emory Picker shit is one, because I love him, and two, because he said who finishes third. And I think that to to sit here and and just pencil in Georgia, Florida, or Florida, Georgia, depending on which side of the Twitter argument you're on. Um, as to who's going to finish first and second. I just think it's it's wrong to do, right? I, I, now, listen, I've been wrong about this for like three years in a row, but I'm going to say it again. I think Georgia's winning the national championship, so I have them winning the SEC East at the very least, right? They're going to win the SEC East. When you look at who's up next, um, Florida Florida is going to be good because their schedule is so manageable, right? Their schedule is very, very manageable. I don't, I don't, I'm not sold that they're just going to, coast in to second place in that division and and be able to recreate what they did last year now you know i think mullen's a fantastic coach he's a fantastic x's and o's coach that defense will also be very improved for a lot of the same reasons that lsu's is going to be improved because they were pretty far fucking down last year and it's like you know they're not at rock bottom but there's there's nothing really but up to to go from like where they were last year and how bad that was you the know, only one as, lower was LSU, probably. <laughs> yes, um, and those two met in just a fantastic uh, football game, foot, foot, foot game. Um, anyway, I think that um, I think Georgia wins these. Like I said, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I really think that this is the year that Kentucky. Like, I think the rest of that division is is like um, what's the best way to put it? It's going to be like the the AL East was in like the '90s, right? Like. Like the Yankees are the best fucking team in that in that division, right? They've won like four straight World Series, and I hate it. And Joe Morrison got a stupid tattoo about it. Um, that's fine because he has to live with that for the rest of his life, not us guys. So you talk about Georgia being the, the clear cut winner of that division, but the rest of it is just kind of who's battling for second place. But they're all kind of middle of the pack, right? I think they're all similar teams. I don't think there's a clear cut second best team because I don't know what we're going to see from Florida yet. You know what I mean? Like I, I, Kentucky is coming off of, of years where they, you know, they beat Florida one in 2018. Um, I think we always sleep on Kentucky. I think we don't ever give enough credit. I don't think we're going to see Eli Drinkwitz take the next step necessarily. Kentucky loses a lot of production. It was a lot of production, but they also have one of the best linemen in the country in Damian Kennard. Uh, and they have one of the most, um, 
I don't know, biggest unsung heroes, I guess you want to say, at, at running back uh, with Chris Rodriguez coming back. He's not even listed as a starter, but it's a guy that averaged over seven yards per game in conference games last year. I believe that's what the stat was. I know he's seven yards and something. Uh, maybe it's like between the tackles. Regardless, him and Cavassier Smoke, I think, could be really good. But Chris Rodriguez himself is going to be a fantastic running back. going to be hard to stop. The, the new offensive coordinator and having them come in, and this, I think there was somebody else that asked this question. Like we could, we could double up here about if, are they going to be over six and a half wins? Um, I think that is probably the second best bet in the in the conference that they will be over six and a half wins. I don't know if the ceiling is much higher than that, but just write down the name Wandale Robinson. You've heard my my co-host Tyler Huck uh, mispronounce his name a lot, Wandale. Um, so Wandale Robinson, uh, the transfer from Nebraska, is going to be fantastic. And having a new offensive coordinator, where, where Coach Stoops has said repeatedly this offseason. They're finally learning how to throw the football. That's huge. You ask any team not named Ace Hardware since 1931 uh, how important throwing the football is. It's really important in this day and age. And so I think that Kentucky being able to do that more effectively, we haven't heard a lot from this guy, but Joey Gatewood, I mean, <laughs> is he going to start? Like, I feel like Joey Gatewood's going to be, he's not even listed on the, the two deep in this magazine that I'm obviously thumbing through as we do these, uh, these questions. So, I, I think Kentucky is going to sneak up and be the second best team in the East. I don't know where they get those wins. I don't, I don't know if they necessarily beat Florida. I know they get them at home. Um, but when you look at that schedule, especially you open with a uh, losing Monroe, you get Missouri. Missouri is a team that, that notoriously plays poorly in the, the beginning uh, of the season when they, or the opening of the SEC games. I feel like they always seem to close strong. Um, you can knock them off week two. And then you talk about Chattanooga. At South Carolina, a team they've beaten five times in the last six years. Um, Florida and LSU back-to-back. The, the murderer's row here of Florida, LSU, Georgia, back-to-back-to-back is going to be very difficult. You get two of those games at home. I just think that when you close out a season with Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Louisville, this is a fun fact for you. Two of the teams on Kentucky's schedule were winless last year, okay? And a third didn't play a season at all. So I think you're going to, you're going to be able to see them cover that six and a half wins. I think you're going to see them finish second in the division. Jay, stop watching TV and ask the next fucking question. What are we doing? Here? I'm looking you dead in the eye, man. Sure. Uh-huh. I'm no imagining you with that, no dad. shirt on. Um, <laughs> so somebody, somebody also worded it. They said, would you take Florida or would you take the field? So I guess you would take the field in this case. You believe somebody is probably going to come in better than Florida. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I just, okay. I just, I just worry. I think that, Dan Mullen's a fantastic coach. I just worry what they're going to be able to do consistently throughout the season. Um, and their schedule sets up for it, but I just, I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it gets much better than that. So. Okay. That's fair enough. All right. So Clark Futch came in and he said, uh, oh, so I'm sorry. I'm through with the serious ones. That's all the serious ones. I'm going yeah. to ask you the rest of them that I can find out are going to be like haircut related. Well, you only have one more question. We get to bring the next pod mod on. So you better uh, hurry up. Oh, I've, I've easily got six more questions, but okay. I'll keep it to one. <laughs> Clark Fudge said, if the SEC started a boy band, who would be the four vocalist coaches only? Jay, when we were going over this, I asked you plain as day. I said, make sure you include Clark Fudge's question. And Clark Fudge had a very (laughs) good question, which was, who is the next SEC coach to be fired? And a fucking course, you chose the one about the boy band, which is, I was going to get out. You know what? That's fine. We'll we'll go over now. No, no. Who would be the vocalist? That's yes. tough. I, so I think if you're, I think Beamer is your front man, right? He's young. 
He's attractive. Right. He's he's whimsical. This is like you're gonna have so many fucking Joey Fatones in this group. Um, because, it's hurtful because Connor described me as the Joey Fatone of, of our group. So that's okay. hurtful. I'm gonna get back to my podcast now. Um, <laughs> so so then you have Lane Kiffin. I would definitely include Lane. I don't know how good of a, a singer he is, but like that is your Nick Carter, right? Like he's the one with blonde hair that people think's attractive, even though he's not that attractive, but he's kind of attractive or whatever. Probably has a little brother with a lot of issues. I don't know. Um, so I got those two for sure. Outside of that, I mean, like, I feel like I feel like Eli could probably do a little singing. I feel like Eli could do some singing. Oh, you know, if he what? told me he was in a barbershop quartet, I would not be surprised. That is a fantastic point. And also, okay, so we're moving, we're moving Beamer out of the frontman spot. Okay, he is like, what was the dude that got diabetes? Wow. Brian um, <laughs> from back from Backstreet Boys. I'm a big boy band fan. Um, this, this took a great lead turn. Guy I'm so happy is, I asked this question. Yeah, this is good. The lead guy is Brian Harson, or as I like to call him, Brian Hotson, because he's hot as shit. You see those triceps? If you're just resting with triceps, like fuck you, dude. Like you are in incredible shape. That's what I'm trying to get back into. But I mean, good for you, dude. You're just resting triceps. Like I, you've heard of resting bitch face. Think of resting tricep arm is incredible. You're in incredible shape if you're over 40. You're still married. You didn't give up, dude. I gave up like three years ago. Don't tell Alan. Um, <laughs> so that is my boy band. I've got Brian Harson, Shane Beamer, Eli Drinkwitz. He's probably the only talented singer. Like I feel like Eli's like the only one that's like, okay, I was actually professionally trained. So it's like. All right. So who's the next coach to get fired? And I'll leave you alone. I'll give you one more. Who's the next coach to get fired? Nick Saban um <laughs> the next one to get fired that's a good question i'm gonna go with mike leach and it's not because i don't think he'll be successful it's because i wonder how much if they don't have success and i've always said mississippi state is the south carolina of the of the west I, I just think there's a ceiling over their head where they can potentially be um when when the rest of that division is good which it usually is so i i just wonder how like we saw what happened with uh who's connor's boy that joe moorhead um, I, you know, I think that we saw like how there can be a rift between like those fans that are from this state from around here and outsiders necessarily. And Mike Leach is not a guy that's going to be apologetic if he offends anyone. So I wonder how long that marriage lasts if they're still getting what's up, dude. Um, Jay just brought his kid on. This is not, this is college ball censored now. Um, so he's gonna have to learn at some point anyway i just wonder how long that that lasts that uh if mike leach is fired if, if they go six and six again if, if they god forbid they have a losing record year two jay we appreciate awesome, we appreciate you coming on here man um i would say tell the, the people where they can find you but it's just you know shit posting uh, a thousand things every monday <laughs> night at, at 10 p.m so uh no man i, I love you i appreciate the help you're always fantastic um and we're gonna move on to our next pod mod and co-host which is bobby burson so Thank you, Jay. All right. So part two of our mailbag episode, we have another pod mod, another good friend of mine. The guy I've known since I was like, what, 14 or something? At Bobby, least, yeah. Right? Bobby Burchins, welcome in. Um, first off, first and foremost, we don't usually do this, but I'm going to let you plug your own other podcast. Yes. Awesome. Uh, guys, check out Cynics on Disney. Uh, it's where I, you know, basically use Chris's sense of humor and try to riff on Disney World attractions. So, yeah. you know, uh, singularly really a, a attraction per week. So dining yeah. reviews, whatever. It's a, it's a fun little time for me and my wife to go make fun of stuff. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's, it's actually really funny, too. Bobby's always been a very talented writer and um, and uh, what's it called? Satirist? Satirist? Satir 
Satire. Satirist. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, cool. I'm glad we got to break out the big words today for you. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, just like you did with Jay, Bobby is going to ask uh, three questions from the mailbag. Maybe I think actually one more. Um, and we'll go from there. So Bobby, shoot, what, what's the first question we got from the mailbag? So this one's near and dear to my heart, uh, obviously, because I think that my my Gators have a chance at pulling this uh, upset. But what do you think is going to be the biggest upset in 2021? Okay, so <laughs> I don't I don't know if this is um, I know that that our audience is going to make fun of me for this, right? Um, and they're going to say that I'm hedging or whatever the shit was that used to be said on the other podcast, even though I was just trying to actually predict games. If we're talking about in conference games. I don't know the answer. Uh, I think South Carolina gets more than four wins. I think we said just answered Kentucky getting more than, than six and a half wins. So I think, I think Kentucky could beat a Florida. They get them at home. No offense. I know you're a Florida fan, Bobby. Um, but I think that that's not that far fetched. The upset I'm going to give you opening weekend. Okay. And this is not me talking out of a place of fear. This is me talking about breaking down how games go and how a unit looks, how, you're replacing people and, and matchups and shit like that. Miami is a 17 and a half point underdog to Alabama. I, I would put, as I say, all of my fiance's money on Miami covering that Derek King. We don't know if he's back, if he's gonna be back and completely healthy, but that's a really, really good team. They ranked in the top three or four in by just in consensus for almost every single unit and position ranking uh, in preseason magazines. Um, Derek King is a guy that I, I know that he's coming off injury. I know that Miami is not a world beater by any means. If he's mobile at all, that's the kind of quarterback that gives Alabama troubles in years past. Um, and it's also a chance for them to put a huge stamp, a huge stamp. Um, and, 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 and I guess what's the word I'm looking for here, Bobby, um, unmute yourself for this. <laughs> yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, program, program defining win. Sure. Um, and also D.R. King's been there for like 12 years now in college. So right. he's the most experienced college quarterback I've ever seen. D.R. Uh, so. King in college is like he's doing to himself in college what Kyle Tra what he did to Kyle Trask in high school. Like he's like he's having this like seven year career that we're still somehow talking about. I don't know. Um, he's just Tommy boy. A lot of people go to college for seven yeah, years. They're called doctors. Usually they're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that um, I think that Miami, I, I, if we're going out on a limb here, I think if if outside of AM, if there's anybody that's gonna jump up and get Bama this year, it's Miami. I don't think it's Florida. Um, even though I just said all the stuff about Derek King, I know what kind of quarterback Emory Jones is. I just don't think they'll they'll struggle as much with that game. This is the first game of the year. So how does Bryce Young look? What happens if Bryce Young isn't the guy? What if Bryce Young throws a couple interceptions, loses confidence early with a whole new receiving core that's also mainly freshman and John Mechie? What happens if they can't establish the run with three new offensive linemen? I've said this over and over and over again. Bama is replacing not just talent. We're talking about they, they reload or whatever, I, and I get it. But you don't replace a Heisen winner, a first-round draft pick at quarterback, a first-round draft pick at left tackle, the best center in college football last year. They, they won half the awards. Think about that. They won half the awards last year. There's, there's 16 major awards. Bama won eight of them. Every single one of those they they won, I'm pretty sure that person's gone. Steve Sarkeesian's gone, right? They're going to have to rely on their defense, which I think is going to be a really good defense. But in this day and age, I don't think defense is going to really necessarily win you championships. Bryce Young, I think, from a Manny Diaz defense, and you've seen this all too well, I, I think that they will put pressure on him early. They will get, they will 
blitz him all fucking day. And I think that it'll be a struggle for Bryce Young. And I'm saying that on May 28th. Okay. So we fucking give me some, some latitude here and some leniency uh, as we get closer to the season. Cause I, I guarantee you the Friday before I'm going to be talking a lot of shit to Miami fans. So that's, that's how as, I as you show. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's my should. biggest upset. I, I will uh, certainly be rooting for you guys in that game, but obviously no. I still kind of think that Florida's got a pretty good chance in the swamp come we'll September. So no. we'll see. We'll see. Um, the next question, uh, should I shave my beard into a mustache for the 2021 season? Um, so what? Who, who asked this question? I don't even know, but it certainly applies to me as well. And I've got different options that I can go with. I can go with you oh, know, yeah. the uh, Fu Manchu, the handlebar mustache, so this is, uh, pencil this thin, is whatever Jamie Goldstein. Want. Okay. So and I, I meant to tell you this. We, so we got we should ask what, what the actual question is. Who, whose question was it for the, um, for the upset? This is my fault. I didn't even think about this. Um, regardless, this, so this is, um, this is Jamie Goldstein's question. Um, I love Jamie Goldstein. He's like one of my favorite people on Facebook. And I think I'm one of his least favorite people on Twitter. Uh, Cause every time I talk shit about Georgia, he, he, uh, he catches me uh, doing it. So Jamie, um, here's the deal. Mustache one. If you're going to do anything as a Georgia fan, just grow a playoff beard and don't sh- like threaten to not shave until they win a championship. I think they have a very good chance of winning at the championship this year. So it might not get too long. It's not gonna be like a Grizzly Adams thing, but Maybe it's just that I've been watching a lot of Law and Order SVU. I just there's nothing more pedo than having a, a mustache like that. Okay, you're not a cop. This isn't 1978 or 1984. Just those two years, nothing in between. You don't need a mustache. Grow it out for November. But yeah, man, unless you're just trying to not have sex ever again, I don't know why you're trying to have a mustache right now. Sorry to anybody that has a mustache. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a fair point. Uh, mustaches just you know they they do give off a vibe these days, and yeah. I don't know when that uh, that line happened. I want to say 1987. That's the cutoff. Yeah, line for mustaches. We, we, we nailed it with the years. All right. Uh, <laughs> so is the last question or second to last? So uh, second to last. Uh, first first things first. Let's give uh, Andrew uh, Digiacomo uh, the shout out for the for the first question. Uh, this next one's actually from me. Okay. What team? Uh, gets to pull or could possibly pull an Auburn national championship type season where they start outside the top 25 or top 15 and come out of nowhere to, uh, to make a playoff. Okay. So, so hear me out here. All right. Um, one, the answer is Auburn because, <laughs> because fucking it's because it's fucking Auburn. Um, it always is. It but, always you know. fucking is it, it, like, think about this, like 2010, them coming off an eight and five year. I'm pretty sure they were eight and five last year, seven and six. I don't know. But like with a new coach that no one believes in yet with Bo Nix at fucking quarterback with a transfer quarterback, that is so 2010, 2013 Auburn, just, he didn't get kicked out of a school. So it's like what TJ Finley should have done was committed one of the felonies that LSU is under investigation for and then transferred. And that would have fucking guaranteed Auburn a national championship. I don't know why he didn't do it. Um, If I'm looking through this, I've got to say it's, if, if you're talking about coming out of nowhere, okay, and I, I'm, I want everyone to hear me very clearly right now. I am talking out of my ass when I say this, okay. I don't know the answer to this outright. Are we talking? Do they have to be unranked, or can they be outside of like the top fifteen? Outside of the top fifteen. Okay, let's make it a little easier. All right. So, like a few, a few examples I can see here: Oklahoma State, um, just because they're Oklahoma State. Where I'm going to go with this is not a place that anybody's going to want me to go with this, but I'm going to anyway. 
I think you're I think you're looking at a Pac-12. It would have to be if it's an Auburn run, I think it's Pac-12 or Texas. And that's because you have a first year coach again, um, really talented running back coming back with B. John Robinson. Um, and then you have also the the best offensive mind in college football, in my opinion, Steve Sarkeesian. And if anybody disagrees with that, you didn't watch football in 2020. He's a fantastic offensive mind. I, I know that Atlanta like we wanted to hate him so much because of what happened in that, you know, the couple Atlanta seasons and then Bama fans would happen that national championship, whatever. He's fantastic. And Bama's going to really miss him. I'll say Texas, because I think they're a big enough brand. They're, they're a bigger brand than Auburn, but they're, they're kind of similar in stature in terms of they've been down the past couple of seasons and they're under a lot of scrutiny. The other one I would say is, I don't know. It's, it would be somebody in the PAC 12, man. It would probably be somebody like Arizona state, not just because we just went there. Or that's exactly that's exactly okay. who i thought okay, arizona so, state herm edwards right that quarterback came out of nowhere and beat the hell out of uh, oregon and just yeah. threw the through dimes all over the place right uh that's the the recipe for for somebody to come out of nowhere yep. uh is just On good enough defenses. exactly so yeah. it, I, I would I think, definitely I, say that i think you're right and, so, and I, I really wanted to venture away from saying it just because we just fucking went there and they wouldn't listen to gd <laughs> stadium um, but at the same time, I think that like what you said is perfect. Like it, it's always a quarterback that takes you right. It, it, you, mm-hmm. this, it's, I, I understand 2015 Derrick Henry kind of stuff, but it's always a quarterback that gets you there nowadays. So I think that a guy like that uh, could, could definitely um, take a team. Like they average 264 yards a game rushing. I'm pretty sure that running back is gone, but they still like, it's a Herm Edwards coach team. They, they have like, he's done a really good job of changing that program in general and the culture of that program, I think that he would be who I would pick. Awesome. All right. So one final question, and this yeah. one's near and dear to my heart as well. Team Brooks Kepka or team Bryson DeChambeau? Bro, like has nothing to do with him as a golfer or as a person or whatever. All I'm good at is driving the ball too. But if you wear that fucking hat where you look like an Uber driver from Boston, you deserve to get yelled at every time you're in public. So I'm team Brooks all the way. I, I hate, I, I don't hate Bryson DeChambeau, but I hate that hat. I hate that hat so much. Um, so I, I, I would be team Brooks. See, I, I, I cannot, I can't with Brooks. His name's Brooks guy. for God's sake. That's fair. No, true. his name's Brooks. I mean, <laughs> like, like God, how bro bro are you? That, He's a super bro. I mean, good lord! I just, I like, I was in a fraternity in college. And I, yeah. I can't with the guy. I can't. So, That's fair. Um, you know, yes, the FSU thing does does him no favors in my book. But right? No, it, it like at least Bryson puts like a little bit of thought uh, yeah. into what he's doing. You know, Brooks, I don't think has two brain cells to rub together, and yet somehow <laughs> he's still way more successful than I am. So, well, you know, uh, I mean, that's also drive disappointing. A ball that far, I mean, all golfers are more successful than us. Um, yeah. But you know, you, you know, we'll figure it out. So, all right, Bobby, you've been fantastic, man. I can't say thank you enough. Um, we'll see you in the Facebook group. I love you, dude. And um, and that will be we'll move on to our next guy, fucking Joe, Joe Morrison. Joe. We'll, we'll keep it quick. <laughs> Thanks, dude. All right, guys. Uh, we are to our third and final mailbag question host. And then we're going to bring my fiance on and she's going to ruin my life. Um, but before we do that, we have Joe Morrison, yet another pod mod uh, from the group. Uh, Joe, how are you, man? Doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm good. You sound so fucking professional. This is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm doing fantastic, Joseph. Thank you very much for joining us. Welcome in, sir. Um, Our first question this evening from the panel. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, 
luckily I don't have a job where I have to be super serious. Uh, I was texting my boss about softball games earlier. Um, he was not watching, but regardless, so we're going to get to it. Uh, I, I made this very simple. I said, um, I said to Jay, I said to Bobby, uh, I said to Joe, I said to the whole group, ask three questions. Bobby asked for, Jay asked for, we're going to try a third time and see if one of you can fucking follow directions. Just color inside the lines. Uh, this is already going to be a long show because it's just me talking, um, which I'm, it sounds like the worst format ever. And we, um, we'll get started this. So like, we'll just, we'll just, um, you go ahead. You, you've picked these out right from the group. I haven't seen these yet. It doesn't really matter. It's not like fucking pick a card. <laughs> just go ahead and talk Joe. All right. So uh, the first question is from Jenny Bolton in the group, which uh, I know Bobby didn't ask because he's going to hate this question. And as a Gator fan, I hate asking it too, but it's, it's a reasonable question. With so many returning, what stops UGA from having a run at the Natty a la Clemson 2018? And don't say because they're Georgia. So I wrote this back. I wrote back to her and I said, I won't say it's because they're Georgia. I'll say it's because they're UGA. Um, so it, like, listen, I, I don't, I know it's not this simple. I know it's not this easy. You got to get through um, the schedule. It's a 12 game schedule this year. You got to, they're going to have to play in an SEC championship game. Most likely uh, we've obviously seen other teams get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that's the, that's the route Kirby should take. If he's trying to always copy Bama, trust me, dude, get a couple extra fucking weeks rest. Don't play, don't win your division and try to backdoor your way into a playoff. That's the ticket. Um, so all jokes aside, like what keeps them from being able to uh, to, to stop that? Uh, or to, I guess from getting there, I, I, I really, you would have to have a mass amount of injuries, right? Like you would, you would have to have a mass amount of injuries and JT Daniels would have to be everything that we, we, we didn't think he would be, I guess. I don't know how to phrase that. Like, like we look at his last four games last year. I think it's, it's very mature and logical to say like, all right, fantastic close of the year, fantastic season for him, albeit a very small sample size, but the competition he was going up against was pretty bad. Um, outside of, I, I had these numbers a while back. Um, I believe they, they averaged the last four teams averaged like a, a pass defense of like 67th in the country. And that's, and that's with a Cincinnati team that was ranked ninth. Now you guys know me well enough to know that I could be totally off on that number, but I know, I know that it was like somewhere in the sixties and seventies. It might've been without Cincinnati. I don't know, but closing the year was South Carolina, Mississippi state. Um, and then Missouri, not, not a very, not much of a murderer's row, especially in terms of pass defense. Can he do that for a full season? I think so. I think you have a full year with Todd Munkin um, and, and you have both defensive, you have both coordinators coming back, which is huge as a Bama fan. I'll tell you, that's huge for a national title run. Um, and, and, and then there's just like the immense amount of talent. We can talk about that all day long. Cause, cause I, I just, I stand by the fact that I don't think George Pickens is the best receiver on that team. Like, is he the most, is, is he have the most pro ability? Absolutely. Is he the best college receiver on that football team? Absolutely not. Not, not in my opinion. There's still so much talent. You've got a freak at tight end. You've got monsters on their offensive line. And we're only talking about the offense here. The stable of running backs is the best in the country. That defense, they rotate so many guys, and you've just got star after star after star. Jordan Davis is coming back. Nicobe Dean's a fucking junior, and he's so unheralded or so um, what's the word I'm looking for here, Joe? Help me out with words. Uh, <laughs> it's not just underrated. by the coast. Underrated, overlooked, the, the both of them. That's perfect. Um, I think when you look at that defense, the secondary could be a question. I don't think it will be though. Cause they're getting coached by Kirby smart. So 
I love the fact that Jenny asked this question. I know she's a Georgia fan, but she asked it in the perfect way, and I'll tell you why. She asked it with with a comparison to Clemson in 2018, right? Now, to be clear, Jenny, Clemson had already won a national championship that wasn't 40 years prior. It was two years prior on a fucking pick play that should have been ruled incomplete uh, because of Hunter Renfro. That being said, I'll never forget the phrasing of this, talking about that Clemson team, because I thought that was the best – you know, that Bama was the best team in the country until I saw Clemson. And I was like, fuck, I, you know, I was out there. I told you guys, I thought they were going to lose. People thought I was hedging and all that kind of stuff. Or I'm just, just scared. Barrett Salee, we had him on, we were talking about this and he, he brought up the fact that 2018 Clemson team, that, that wasn't a culmination at the end of the season, right? That was a coronation. And, and that is what I think we have here with Georgia. And you're finally going to get to a point. Where it's like, like, you can breathe. You can get all that the fucking monkey off your back. You can you can get you know the chip off your shoulder, even though they, they will still always have it on Twitter. I think that this is the coronation of Georgia football this year, and I think they win. Yeah, I, I hate to say I agree, but I, I tend to agree, <laughs> except for Scott Cochran and ACL. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much our only chance. Listen, man, if, if Scott Cochran gets a hold of this team, <laughs> they might be seven and five. You never know that they can have a rash of injuries. But anyway, all right, next question. Next question is from Jeremy Jones. At the end of the season, who'll be the best offensive and defensive player from the SEC? That's a great question uh, from Jeremy Jones, noted Florida fan, um, big fan of his. Um, so looking at the conference, I think it's easy to say, like, if you're just going through how you – like, when we get to Hoover in a couple of weeks and they pick the teams, Derek Singley will get most of the votes um, on defense. On offense, JT Daniels will get most of the votes. I would I would bet the house on that. Um if I can get my name on, on it, like I said earlier. Um, but what I would say is I'll give you two guys that I think are off the beaten path here. I think Matt Corral could be a guy that could do it. Cause I think he could put up stupid numbers in this lane given offense. That's a guy last year that had like 14 interceptions. He had, he had two games, I think with six interceptions apiece. That's fucking tough to do. <laughs> like that's really bad. Um, I think that he could be a guy that could win it. And I'll give you another one. I don't think it's that much of a dark horse, but a guy that's going to possibly have to carry his team is Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller from A&M, who's a fantastic running back, but also does so much out of the backfield at receiving. A guy that can really do it all for you. If A&M makes a run like they did last year, and we see a season from the SEC where it's average at best quarterback play, like if, if, you're, if your quarterback is putting up, you know, 30 touchdowns and 15 interceptions or, you know, like, like a Deshaun Watson type year from a couple of years ago. And we're not, we don't, we don't have somebody that like truly breaks away from the pack. Even that's a bad example because Deshaun definitely did I just want to throw out that he had a lot of interceptions. and wasn't that good. Um, that being said, Isaiah Spiller. I mean, what if A&M does beat Bama in that home game in like week four or five of the season? I, I think that if, if they're a team that gets, if, if they're a team that finishes this season, kind of like they did last season, and you don't have Bama above you in that ceiling, I think Isaiah Spiller is your guy. On defense, um, I saw this today, and I kind of liked it. Christian Harris, the linebacker from Bama. Shock, shock. I think a Bama player could be it. Will Anderson is a guy that I think is a monster <laughs> for Bama, a defensive end. I, I think that he could definitely be a guy as well. But I'll give you another one um, that that I think people are also sleeping on. Uh, Kingsley Inagbare. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Uh, from South Carolina. He is the returning sack leader in the SEC. He's he's really underrated. And I think that in year three of Zach Pickens, he's a five-star. And year two of, why can't I think of his fucking name? It's a kid from Hammond. Um, Trey, uh, Birch, um, not Simon Birch. That kid does not play D1 football. 
uh, <laughs> whatever Birch's name is. Um, real, real good deep cut from like a 1997 uh, tearjerker. But um, so I, with with those, those two guys on the interior of the defensive line, you're not going to be able to double team this kid off, off, off the edge that much. And I think that defensive line is going to be the most improved in the SEC, possibly the country. Um, I think a guy like that is going to be could end up being or last guy. He asked me for two people. I'll give you like eight. Um, <laughs> this is this is hedging, guys. This is hedging. Um, a guy like Nicobe Dean at, at Georgia. If if Georgia does what I think they're going to do, which means you know have this incredible run, go undefeated, beat Clemson, be in the national championship game, be the clear cut favorite by the time you get there, number one team. Um, if they beat Bama, like think about this. If they beat Bama. That's the week before the awards. You've seen how the media works. I've seen it. I'm fucking in it. Like it's it's gonna be like they'll sweep the awards. So I could I could easily see if, if they end up going 13 and 0 into the playoffs, JT Daniels and like Nicobe Dean or something like that will be your 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 guys. All right, last question. Last question, and this one's from me. Uh, using the bet online over under totals here. What team misses dramatically, and why is it Tennessee at six wins? Okay, so we were we talked about this earlier. We we got the numbers from from that uh, service, but we were not going to mention them um, because they don't they don't sponsor this podcast. But uh, I love that you're prepared, and I love the question because <laughs> I'm not trying to hate on Tennessee fans here. I think they they still have a good offensive line. There's some talent. Their their line was set at six, right? At six wins, yeah. That seems fucking crazy to me. Like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on Tennessee or pile on from the offseason they've had or any, any, any of that kind of stuff. That just seems fucking crazy to me. <laughs> like, if we're talking about, we're talking about a Tennessee team that, and, and I should update this. We did it the other day, or did it like, like a month or two ago on SDS, where I counted all of the players that have entered the transfer portal for each SEC team. Tennessee was far and away the leader. They had 25 at the time. They have over 30 now of guys they've lost. And it's not just guys that are like, well, that guy, you know, he didn't play. You know, they don't handle it like Georgia fans. It's like, you know, well, that guy sucked anyway. He was going to play. No, it's guys like Eric Gray, who's who's practically the newcomer of the year in the Big 12 at running back. Guys like Henry Tuoto uh, from Alabama, uh, or who transferred to Alabama. Like, you lost a shit ton of talent. Now, the the schedule seems like it's it lines up for you, I guess. But going through it here, Bowling Green, that's a win. Tennessee Tech, that's a win. South Alabama, I think that's a win. Right. So that's, that's, that's three or four non-con your other non-cons Pittsburgh at home. I don't know if that's a win. I mean, I don't like Pittsburgh. They went to a bowl last year. They had a fantastic D line. I think they graduated one or two of the guys, but they, they were fantastic um, in terms of like defense Uh, at Florida. That's a loss at Missouri. In my opinion, that's a loss South Carolina. Maybe that's a win. Ole Miss. That's a loss at Bama. That's a bad loss. You have a week off where you play Kentucky. That's probably your your biggest game of the year because because I, I think that's a loss, um, and then you have Georgia afterwards, closing with South Alabama, Vandy. Sure, let's say those are two wins. Let's say Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech are wins. You got to beat South Carolina, Missouri, and Kentucky. You got to win two of those three games. I, first off, two of them are on the road. I just don't see them getting there. And if they do, I think that's the ceiling. Right. So I, I'm just surprised that's that was the line was set at six. But what do we always fucking say, man? Like, it, you don't, they didn't build all those billion dollar hotels in the middle of the desert out of nothing. So true. Right. I, I agree completely. I think it comes down to that South Carolina game. If, but I also don't see them beating them. So yeah. 
Well, this is good, man. I appreciate you coming on. This this worked out really well. Um, we appreciate all the questions you guys asked as well. We're going to close out with a special guest that I have been engaged to since 1998 uh, when Simon Birch came out. Uh, but Joe, you're the man. I appreciate you coming on, dude. Uh, love you, buddy. Thanks for teaching me about Bitcoin and, yeah. uh, and all that good Thanks stuff. That's right, man. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Talk soon, Chris. See you, bud. All right, guys. Uh, this is the last uh, part of this mailbag episode, and we're going to get uh, shortly get into what is hands down the worst fucking idea I've ever had. And we're going to bring my fiance on. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a second. But first, I want to answer a, a different mailbag question that was actually brought into us uh, by one of my good buddies um, and listeners, Cav Harris. Um, he's a big Florida fan. Love Cav Death. Great dude. Lives in Atlanta. He actually texted me about this. And we actually had like an hour long conversation. It was awesome um, about florida uh and dan mullen and the question that he posed and i thought it was a really good one so i wanted to include it in the mailbag even though it wasn't the facebook group um i think cab's probably just a healthier person than us and it's just not on facebook so that being said the question he posed was why do we make excuses for for coaches like mark soups um and even uh coach o um and that, that was something I, I thought about afterwards but but he specifically said mark stoops and his record at kentucky but we don't give the same uh, grace, I think, or, or um, leniency for a guy like Dan Mullen um, spending nine years at Mississippi State and now being at uh, Florida. And I thought it was a good question, and I'll, I'll answer it with, with what I think is the best reason as to why that happens, because it absolutely does. Um, we definitely give Mark Stoops a pass because he's at Kentucky. It's never been a, a, a you know traditional powerhouse. He's 49 and 50 there in um, his overall career. It's a, you know overall losing record, and he's still considered a uh, one of the best coaches in the SEC in the top half of the SEC, at least. Um, and, and I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, the point that I thought was interesting was we really do go out of our way. I, me, especially to say that guys like coach, o, like, Hey, throw the record, like, you know, throw that part like the Ole Miss record out and just look what he's done at LSU. It's been fantastic, right? Like he's, he's been a fantastic interim coach at USC and, and LSU He's 12 and four overalls in both those roles. It's a very difficult role. Uh, won a national championship, had the greatest team of all time, possibly had the best offense, definitely of all time. He's the one that made all those hires. We give coach O a free pass with that. Um, and we definitely don't with Dan Mullen. And I think it's, it's kind of twofold. It's partially because, you know, and, and, and circling back to the beginning of this question, Cav asked like, especially specifically with his win loss record against top 10 teams and top 25 teams. Cause if you're at nine years at Mississippi state, it's going to be hard to build a record and a resume. It, it's a much larger sample size, but it's going to be hard to build a resume um, that is great. Uh, and I think his record while he was there was like nine and 36. Okay. Um, for against top 25 teams. And that's awful. And, and we know how difficult that division is, but the reasons why I think we don't give Dan the benefit of the doubt is, is because one, he's at Florida and one, because he's not that likable to other to other fans, right? Like, and, and I think Florida is the same way. And I think the reason why, hear me out here, Florida fans, the reason why is we'll pull for Kentucky, right? Like, if, if, if you're a common fan and you see Kentucky playing Georgia, you see Kentucky playing Tennessee, you see Kentucky playing Bama, if you're not a fan of one of those other teams I just mentioned, you're probably fucking pulling for Kentucky, right? Like, nobody wants to watch the bully beat up the, the, the little kid, right? In the same way, People are tired. People of Georgia fans, especially, are probably tired of, of what Spurrier did, what Urban Meyer did, and, and kind of skull dragging the, the, the rest of the conference up and down the field for you know the 90s and part of the 2000s. Florida's become one of the premier blue bloods in college football in the last 30 years. And I think, you know, it's that quote I always say people will forgive you for a lot of things. Success isn't one of them. I think that coupled with the fact that 
look at a guy like Dan Mullen, who's, who's really not, he's not like Coach O. Coach O is likable as shit, right? Coach O had a whole ass affair, has his team under FBI investigation, or the program under, is, is under FBI investigation, and we couldn't fucking love him more, right? Like, I, I'm, I pull for his biggest rival. I love him. I, I watched him do the whole video in, in Bama, and I, I couldn't help but, like, laugh. Like, that LSU run was incredible to watch. We pull for guys like Coach O, Cause it's like this big caricature of a person and, and he's like, you know, it's not like Mark Stoops who's the underdog coach. O is the guy that's going to, you know, he's going to take the throne from a guy like Nick Saban. He's going to do it with all these likable players, Dan Mullen guys. And you know, this is probably something I should start taking note of Dan Mullen handles shit. Like I handle shit <laughs> like Dan Mullen loses Dan Mullen projects on other people. Dan Mullen overreacts. Dan Mullen gets mad and salty and bitter and, and, and says stuff out of pocket and stuff like that when he shouldn't. I can definitely attest to, to me doing the same thing. And I, I definitely understand where he's coming from. But I think stuff like that, you're not going to get a lot of like the common fans that are just pulling for Florida because they're not the underdog. You're not going to get guys like um, the common fan, I think, pulling for a guy like Dan Mullen who's dressing up in Darth Vader shit and, and constantly talking trash and, and saying we should pack the swamp in a pandemic. I think stuff like that, it makes him endeared uh, to a lot of Florida fans um, because it's their guy. And it's it, but I think what it really does is it builds more of a us against the world mentality instead of a hey, jump on the fucking bandwagon. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's my thoughts on that. I thought it was a really good question, though. So I wanted to bring it up. And the other part I wanted to bring up too is that I just wanted to delay this next part of the segment as much as possible, which is we're going to bring on my fiance, um, Allison Steele, and we're going to do a, like a, a two minute drill type thing. Um, and, and let me explain the reason why first. The reason why is because Tyler had, a, a, you know, kind of an un, unexpected, um, you know, circumstance popped up. He had to leave, go, he's going on vacation for a week. Um, you know, it's family time. So we were going to, try to figure out a, a different person to do this mailbag episode because we had it planned in advance. It was actually Tyler's idea, um, which is a great idea. And Allie was like, I'll do it. And I was like, <laughs> why? Um, and me and Tyler kind of laughed and she was dead serious. And she has a very soothing voice and she's way smarter than me. You guys all know that. Um, but without further ado, my beautiful fiance of 18 years, Allison Steele, how are you? Hey guys. I'm getting the full full name treatment here. That's right. Well, I mean, like I just figured that's what you do to me when I'm in trouble. <laughs> Chris, Christopher. Yeah, that's, I hate that. <clears throat> um, well, let's let's just get into it. All right. Okay. Um, I feel like most of our listeners know you because I talk about you all the time. I never say anything bad about you ever. You don't listen to the podcast, so I can get away with this. But I do um, listen. <laughs> <laughs> your voice this <laughs> this fucking women's outro podcast voice it's just i'm never gonna get used to it um so soothing so so silky um okay <laughs> so we have questions from the group mm-hmm. and people get to know you um first and foremost james bivy asked this is what i should open with where are you from what you drinking well hey everyone i am y'all can call me Allie. Um, they're not really talking back. Just fucking answer the question. <laughs> I'm from Portland, Oregon originally, and I am mostly drinking tequila <laughs> and depending on not during the days, that's a fucking problem. Not during the days. That's, a, that's another, it's another topic for another time. <laughs> um, Your boss doesn't listen to this podcast. You're fine. But, um, that is true. <laughs> um, yeah, tequila. I'm a tequila girl or mezcal. Yeah. 
one time you know this isn't a girl i dated so i just want you to know this but i remember this one time this girl said she's like i'm a jaeger girl and i was like you're gonna fucking die at 40 so you should stop <laughs> saying that um okay so I, like i don't know what we should call this but like um like like we even call it like fourth and wrong are we doing fourth and right jesus christ um <laughs> so, okay all right let's go over some of these questions the first one here this should be easy uh jay woody says pet mary kill queso marler huck what do you got <laughs> um <clears throat> well sorry tyler <laughs> um so mary queso and uh, what <laughs> just kidding just kidding just kidding um kill tyler obviously wow <laughs> <laughs> so much That's, yeah um sorry bro uh should have been on here today um yeah, okay. That's what you get. okay i thought that was a like a softball like that was like a like a very was a layup for you and you <laughs> already fucking disappointed so um okay let's see here next question um this was asked by multiple people but dealing with how do you deal with all that is marler and i i think they specifically mean like my family name like so like probably like my dad <laughs> not just me because i'm great <laughs> this is such a funny question um so believe it or not, I've actually been asked this by people in my real life. What? Um, they're mostly your friends. What the fuck? <laughs> this is why we haven't gotten married. Um, but my honest answer is that I doesn't, you know, I don't, I, I don't find Chris intolerable. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many one-star reviews from the um, old podcast that would disagree. <laughs> I, you know, we are, uh, we are yin and yang. We are sort of the definition of opposites attract. No. Um, but yeah, that is that. That's how I tolerate him. Is that he doesn't bug me in the first place? That's wow. You you you're on your own on that one. That's good. I like it. Uh, okay, this is another good question. This is from our buddy Zanarian Ferguson. He said, "How is it adjusting to life in the South?" Great question. It has been an adjustment, although I've been here for four years now, so oh. I feel like I'm in. I don't know. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> um, There's a whole another test you got to pass, brother. Oh boy. Um, no, it's been it. It has been an adjustment in certain ways. I would say. So I moved here from LA. And, Ever heard of it, guys? <laughs> and when I lived in LA, I mostly for the time I was there, lived at the beach and lived within walking distance. It's so from, fucking dumb that we moved here. <laughs> lived within walking distance from the ocean in Santa Monica. In a rent-controlled apartment, guys. <laughs> in a rent-controlled apartment, yeah. But it didn't have air conditioning. That would have died. So, because um, you mostly don't mostly don't need it at the beach. I would. <laughs> Actually, you do in the summer. In the summer, it was kind of yeah. miserable. Um, but, so the transition, for sure, I really miss the ocean um and the humidity here oh, is sucks, not yeah. fun for me humidity and mosquitoes is like oh yeah bugs i do not kryptonite i do not like the bugs the bugs love me it's not yeah. fun that's fair um and you i mean you feel, most the, part, I feel like you like people in the south oh yeah i mean the like the transition other than that has been amazing i mean the people are really wonderful here and just <clears throat> like genuinely just the generosity of spirit that people have i feel I've always felt really welcomed. So, and, um, and then, you know, shout out to the food. <laughs> shout out to the food. What I a mean, fucking lie. I transitioned from okay. like kale salad 
every day to just trash raccoon <laughs> buckets of deliciousness okay so hold on let's get into that for a second because like the food is probably the best part of the south it definitely isn't the humidity um all right so let's do buy or sell oh boy like thumbs up thumbs down okay for southern food and see how southern you really are because your favorite food is my oh yeah yeah is what my absolute favorite food is macaroni and cheese. Right. And so that is my actual favorite thing about the South is that it is socially acceptable to eat macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving because where I'm right. from on the West coast, that is like not a thing that you do. Just burn it to the ground then. Why would they not? <laughs> that is so dumb. It's just not a side, like a, not a uh, traditional Thanksgiving side. Wow. Um, okay. So mac and cheese, obviously. Bye. Bye. Bye all. Okay. Grits. Bye. Cheese grits. Mm, I could go either way on cheese grits, honestly. Okay, we only had two options. It was buy or sell. So sell? So, I, that doesn't make any fucking sense. So here's here's my here's my thing. Maybe I'm a I'm a grits purist. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so I really love butter. And sometimes yeah. in cheese grits, I feel like the cheese can overpower the butter flavor, which for me Wait. is actually not. A selling point first off paul dean think about what you're saying <laughs> because the cheese it just only adds to the but those are two good things and it seems hypocritical because my actual favorite food is macaroni and cheese yeah what like the, hell? the primary ingredient but there's and something butter. and butter but there's something about cheese grits where like i'm happy with a little just a little cup of regular buttery grits so good wow okay um all right biscuits bye obviously like all of them all of the biscuits, biscuits. okay gravy sell what like okay so gravy on like mashed potatoes yeah buy okay gravy and on like biscuits? biscuits and gravy sell we're gonna break up um <laughs> we're never getting married <laughs> fried chicken um buy don't especially if oh, it's God. on waffles oh yeah okay that's right. i thought you're gonna say like from that, that one place but it's like which place that, what's it called emperor empire south or something we order it's the oh, only oh, fried chicken. City kitchen. Yes, there it goes. Um okay, so fried chicken. Okay, Salisbury steak. Sell. Yeah, as you should. I mean it's good, but like ever since I watched Rookie of the Year and that fucking mustache wearing who's the crazy guy who's in uh point break? Gary Busey was like, was the best Salisbury steak I ever had in my life. Honestly, Gross. maybe I should admit this. I don't know that I've ever actually had Salisbury steak. It's, it's fine, it's whatever. <laughs> We're gonna get you a hungry man tonight. Um chicken and dumplings. Bye. Without a doubt. Um, pecan pie. Sell. What the fuck? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, well, I love pie. In yeah, you're general, really good at making pie. And I bake a lot of pies, but they're mostly fruit pies. I find pecan pie to be too sweet. Just like me. No, probably. Okay, no. Um, <laughs> hush puppies. Bye. Yeah, without a doubt, right? Yeah. All right, let's see how Southern you like. you really get. Gizzards. <laughs> So, have you ever had it? No. You want to go to Milledgeville and go to, to <laughs> sure. the Flying J? You've never taken me to Milledgeville. <laughs> the only time I've ever had gizzards was when I was hammer drunk with one of my good buddies and um, listeners of this podcast, Grant Tall. And uh, it was like 3 a.m. It was terrible. What about liver pudding? So, what? yeah, I don't know what that is. I just saw it on a menu once. Did you make that up now? No, I saw it at Compton's Kitchen one time in, in oh, Columbia, South Carolina. Boy. Anyway, all right, moving on. Um, all right, so we're going to play Two Minute Drill. And get you out of here. Um, oh, thank nice. God. So, um, the the first question I have. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Like, let's do like sports stuff. And okay, okay. Who do you love more, chips or queso? Oh my gosh, this is not. I'm not answering this. It's this, chips. No, it is not. It's chips, guys. They are. I love them exactly equally. That is a lie. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what is your favorite game you've ever been to? It's like just SEC football stuff. Okay. Um, favorite team that's not Alabama. <laughs> um, LSU because of the get the gap video. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's a good answer. Um, okay. Favorite player ever. Yeah, sure. Like as like BAM player, just college football player. Um, I'll say like Ken Symington from like Oregon State 2001. It's stupid. <laughs> Damian Harris. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't like the way you said his name, but that's fine. Um, what is uh, your favorite game you've been to? Because you've like been to a couple of them. I mean, we've had some good games together. Yeah. It, this is, I mean, hard to choose because national championship. So my very first SEC game ever was the national championship game in Atlanta yeah. against Georgia. Um, so that was it was a way to just like dive into the deep end. Yeah, um, I wanted to leave at halftime. You, yeah, you've told that story, right? Yeah, without a yeah. doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also Miami. Oh, the Orange Bowl, Bowl. That was fun. Yeah. That was really fun. Okay. Honestly, one of the absolute best games was Iron Bowl twenty eighteen. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, so much fun. You know, I find I find that like when Bud Light sends you to a college campus and pays for your whole whole trip, whole experience, and <laughs> and lets you pass off Bud Lights on camera, that's usually my favorite trips too. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was fun. That I mean, th- those yeah. All okay, games were so awesome. those are all Bama games. What's a place you want to go to that's not Tuscaloosa in the SEC? I would love to go to Ole Miss because okay. I hear great things about it. Okay. Um. And. That's definitely that's definitely up there. I would also like to go to um, LSU. Um, yeah, I, yes, fair. Um, okay, favorite favorite part of game day, like like a college football Saturday, because like it's kind of a grind for you because it's you got to deal with me like <laughs> like like for real like like all jokes aside, the thing I think about this, especially if you have a significant other, like I get up at seven willingly, <laughs> right, and and I'm like fucking fired up from the moment I get out of bed and we get coffees and all kind of stuff but like i get i'm in like work mode for most of the day and then there's like in the middle of work mode right there's like this it, how many hours do i have to work on saturdays like probably like 17 it's yeah it's long right it's like from 7 a.m until like 2 a.m right usually the next day so when i love it it's like my favorite thing so like, but in the middle of that, like in the middle of it's like very focused having to make like, you know, talk about like football and all that kind of stuff. Then there's like a four hour window where I'm an unhinged asshole <laughs> watching the Bama games. Yeah. But like, what is your favorite part of game days? So honestly, I, so I want to call it like a routine kind of, but it's just like the tradition of the day Yeah. where, like you said, you get up and it's, you know, there's like energy on Friday night. Like, you know, yeah. it's game day next day and get up and you know, the um, like college game day comes on at nine. That sort of like gets us going for the day. And then you just sort of cruise into the noon games mm-hmm. and then through the afternoon. And, you know, in the last year, because we 
were trapped inside our house. Um, I feel like we, you know, developed some new pretty fun traditions where we would usually order in barbecue and just kind of have, have a party. It was kind of, it's kind of like tailgating. Just inside. inside. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Um, yeah, the amount of food we had too, we could have fed a lot more people than us. Yeah. We eat. (laughs) Um, okay. So, uh, this should be a lab as well. What are your feelings on Texas Pete? Love Texas Pete. Okay. Blink twice if you're in danger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. Um, all right. So here's last question. Um, and remember like you've supported me through all this stuff and it's been a long road, but college football uncensored is now the new podcast that I want. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know how happy I am that I get to do this podcast. Cause I get to say the F word. I haven't said it once. You haven't, which is fucking stupid. Um, but also my next question for you and just close out cause it is college football uncensored. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Oregon? The Ducks, like not the state, Oregon Ducks. Oh, man. (laughs) Absolutely fuck the Ducks. (laughs) You like, like, I feel like you legit might hate Oregon more than I hate Auburn. Because I I like Auburn fans. I, you. It, yeah, I, I have, I have, I mean, I have friends who went to Oregon. Yeah. And they're all lovely people. But just the sense of entitlement yeah. because of like Phil Knight and Nike and that whole thing. No. Yeah. But I mean, the campus sucks. It just, Eugene sucks. Like really is not fun. And it's just, it's, they're just intolerable. Yeah. Fan, the fan base is intolerable. And you know, and they are just feel so superior over Oregon State. Right. Just like we're nothing. And in fairness, like we've been nothing in football. Y'all beat them last year. Since that's true. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. Since, you know, I graduated college. Right. But it just the sense of superiority and the fact that they decided to like start their baseball program after we won the College World Series like twice was really obnoxious. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah. that happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. That happened. Okay. Well, <sighs> I love that. Um, if you got hate in your heart, let it out. You're fantastic. Uh, she's And she's saying this while drinking a beet or drinking a, a LaCroix, like a knockoff LaCroix <laughs> with a, Out of a beet, beet Oregon koozie that's in Arizona State colors that we got from Arizona State. So that was my souvenir. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you. I love you very much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the support because um, you're the glue that keeps this thing going. And I think also, for keeping me sane, like I would say thank you to you, but our listeners probably do as well because I can't imagine how much more unhinged I would be. Um, well, this has been fun. Yeah. It really has. I do. So I do want to close with one last thing, guys, before we go. Um, that is this week's episode, but uh, this week is Memorial Day. Um, let's just do our best to, uh, I know 2020 was an absolute shit show and hellscape of a, a place to be, in, especially on social media and people disagreeing with stuff, but um, it is a fantastic weekend to celebrate the country we live in. Uh, the people that helped us um, and fought for our freedoms uh, that, you know, we, we maybe not think every day, make sure you go out. If you see a veteran, you know, thank him for their service. That being said, if you're a veteran or somebody that served in the military um, you know, one of the, the incredibly brave men and women uh, we cannot say thank you enough for your service and, and how much we owe to you um, for letting us live in what I'll still say 
is the greatest country on earth. And, uh, and we, we really, again, can't say thank you enough. Um, and I hope everyone has a very safe, safe Memorial day weekend, but let's not forget why we get to celebrate this, this weekend as well. So, um, for Tyler, who is not here for my love of fiance, for all the pod mods. Um, I love you guys. You guys have been so much fun uh, throughout this off season. Can't say thank you enough for the support. Love the mailbag episode. Uh, and we will see you next week. That'll be easy. Thank <laughs> you.